whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Hang On A Moment and I am so excited to be doing this episode today because it's so important to having agency and owning yourself and it really ties in with the last two episodes because last episode was about boundaries, the episode before that was about your needs and this is all about your values. So values are basically what allow you to have agency and live life on your terms. And values are all about being authentically you because values are attached to you as a person. So I would say similar to boundaries and similar to having our needs met, a lot of people maybe are or aren't aware of this, but sometimes it's kind of subliminal. So you may you may have boundaries that you've never kind of articulated as, okay, these are my boundaries, or you might never have fully understood your needs, having your needs met. And also you may well have certain values that you hold dear, but you've never articulated those. But the reason why it's so important to know our values and to quite clearly articulate them is because it creates a roadmap for life. So I was kind of chuckling to myself as I was writing up my notes for today's session because I was thinking, okay, so last week we had traffic lights, the week before we had snakes and ladders, and this week we have a roadmap. Um, But I love analogies. I'm a visual person, so if I can add anything to anything I'm ever trying to explain to somebody in terms of a visual reference point, then it works for me and hopefully it works for others as well. So a roadmap for life is really around understanding how we want to be seen, perceived, valued by others, what we want to give to the world, and last but not least, how we want to be remembered. So what is our legacy? Because that's so important as we live our life. We also need to think about, you know, how do we want to be remembered? I guess we can all look back at famous people or close relatives or people we've known in our life. And yeah, most of the time, of course, they're going to be fond memories and they're going to be great values. And you're going to remember that person for what they stood for. So that's what we mean by values. Like what did they stand for? What was kind of like evident with them as a person? And as I said, you know, a lot of our memories will be fond memories. And so we'll, ta- we'll you know, we'll, we'll hang on to those positive values that that person upheld or that they kind of shared with you or, or kind of, yeah, a way that they made you feel like. So they embodied those values and you felt like that when you were around them. Um, so it's really important to think about that legacy piece as well. So values are really everything that we hold important to us. They are our core fundamental belief system. And values 
should and do bring us clarity to our life. If we know what our values are, as I said, you may or may not have done like a hard and fast piece of work on this, but ultimately, subliminally, you will know what your values are. So they bring clarity to your life. They bring meaning. They bring purpose. And most of all, they should bring happiness. Because if we're living a value aligned life, then we're working in sync with what makes us happy, what makes our soul sing, what makes us feel comfy in our own skin. So it's super important to, you know, remember and recognize why values are important and understanding what our values are. So with our values, we have a value system that has been passed to us by our family. And some of that will be nature or nurture. Um, in the sense that, you know, it's what we've witnessed as we've grown up or it's how we've kind of, yeah, epigenetically been brought into this world. And sometimes they can be cultural beliefs, they can be religious beliefs, they can be um, uh, kind of very specific um, heritage beliefs and values and therefore we adopt those as our own but sometimes as we move through life we decide that those values do no longer serve us so it's really important to you know consistently check in on your values and see actually what are my values do, do, do they serve me and you know if values are being imposed on you again it's a little bit like the boundary work you need to make sure that you're working in line with what you want in life not what others want so what I would say really is that another kind of analogy um, here is that they they form a key part of our code of practice, really. So that's really what our values are. They're like a code of practice, part of our code of practice for life. So, you know, if you look at things like our boundaries, our standards, um, you know, and, and our kind of behaviors, which come from our values, that's our code of practice, you know. And so that links what we do with how others receive us or what we receive from others. And, you know, it's part of our code of practice. So, you know, if you've ever been part of a professional membership or a sports club or, you know, you've been part of a a movement, um, there's usually a code of practice document. And so when you read that code of practice, you know, a lot of it will potentially be um, values aligned and um, will, you know, kind of dictate what is and what isn't acceptable, what they stand for and um, how you should behave while you're in the confines or even outside of the confines of that kind of entity, if you like. So code of practice is a good way to think about all of these things that I talk about in terms of, you know, this kind of blueprint for how we live our lives. So why would we, yeah, why would we want values or why we have them? We all have them. It's impossible to not have them because a lot of them get formed from, as I said, norms, cultural norms, family norms, societal norms. And, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't conform to those norms. And that's also important to recognize, for example, you know, um, a, a value of society at large, maybe not so much in this day and age, but maybe let's say a value of our parents or our, our grandparents might have been, you know, to, to to get married at an early an earlier age and, and and you know have kids. The wife might stay at home and the you know and the 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 the, the husband or the breadwinner um might go out to um 
to to work. So obviously, you know that that was a that was a value back back in the day. It's not a value anymore. But you know, you might live in a society or a culture that still recognizes that as a key value, and you might be happy to accept that. So you know, that's kind of how how we you know how we take on those values. But why do we have values? Because they allow us to move forward in life with integrity. So when we've got values, when we stand for something, when something is important to us, it means that we stand up for that. It's, it's, it's a benchmark of how we live our life and what we expect from others. So, you know, if we were looking at kind of building relationships with others in whatever capacity, we would look to see, are their values aligned? So I'll come to that in a second. But as I said, they give us a benchmark for our attitude and our behaviors. So our values, as I said, they're like a code of practice. They are a roadmap. And so what they do is they define the attitude that we should adopt around those areas that we hold important and also the kind of behaviors that we want to display or that we want to receive. So they're a bit like a, again, they're a little bit like a boundary. Um, They're not a boundary, but they kind of link to your boundaries because it kind of signifies what we do and what we don't want in our life. So if you live a life without values or if you live a life where you don't know what your values are you're not clear or you've never really done the work to identify what your values are then how do you know what's acceptable from others and how do you know what's going to make you happy so sometimes even though you think you might have values and you live with values because as I said we all do we all do but even if you kind of haven't ever articulated them clearly sometimes that activity is a really good piece of work to do so that you can make sure that you are living life on your terms and that your life is aligned to how you want it to be and that ultimately it's going to make you happy and authentic in your own skin and living the life. As I said, when you get to the end of your life, was it a life well lived? And you can only really recognize that if you can see that it's been aligned to your values. But as I said a few few minutes ago, um, you know, they are a benchmark. Values are a benchmark for what we do and don't want in our life. And that comes from relationships with others as well. So one of the key areas of value alignment really is aligning your values to your life partner or to your romantic partner may not be your life partner but you know we would hope that every time we enter into a relationship with somebody especially as it gets into something more serious or if we're intending for it to be a serious relationship that we have a value synergy because let's say we don't then there's a real issue there and you know I can see when I look back with some of my partners my ex-partners obviously um is that you know Maybe we didn't have the same values. And I think sometimes it's 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 very easy. And, you know, this is painful for me to say because, you know, I'm still kind of obviously moving forward from my last um, relationship that ended. And I think a big part of that was that we did have different values. And I think sometimes you can get clouded by emotions, the feel-good hormones, the oxytocin, um, the wanting to be with somebody and be in a relationship and get all of those amazing benefits like the hugs and the cuddles and obviously great sex and all of the brilliant things that you get from a wonderful relationship. But sometimes it has to go deeper than that. It has to go deeper than that, especially if you want longevity. And if you're not aligned in terms of your values, how can you be there for lifelong partners or, you know, 
I, I use that term loosely because I know that that maybe doesn't exist so much in this day and age. But, you know, long term, you know, for me, I think anything after kind of two years is long term um, in this day and age. Um, you know, and some people might laugh at that and think that's not long term at all. But, you know, I, what I mean by long term is by two years, you know, you want to be happy by that person's side. You want to be having a great life. You don't want issues. And if you've got misaligned values, you know, then that's going to create issues. So, you know, like, for example, you know, just off the top of my head, like, I don't really have an affinity with um, designer goods and racy, flashy cars and, you know, super expensive watches. Like, I think they're nice. I don't have a problem with them. But I want to spend my money on travel and experiences. And yeah, I love interior design, but I, I, one of my big values or one of my kind of my, my big sort of standards is, you know, when I'm, when I'm spending money on anything, I want to get the best value. So sometimes that means low price, high quality, which is what I decide is what I discern as the best value in most things in life. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes you pay a high price for high value and high quality as well, but sometimes you can get amazing, you know, bargains. And, you know, if I'm doing anything in life, I like to go for, you know, the best price for the best option. So I always like to negotiate. And, you know, so if I was actually going out with somebody, dating somebody who was dripping in designer gear, you know, who was spending all of their money on kind of like Louboutin um, trainers or, you know, Rolex watches, it wouldn't impress me. Like, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but it wouldn't impress me. And I think if I was in a long-term relationship with that person down the line, it probably would grate on me a little bit because I'd be like, well, you know, especially if we were starting to kind of, you know, cohabit and like the money was going on to their designer clothes and not into like having a nice life or having a nice home or nice holidays, you know, or, you know, I'm not saying they can't do all of that. They might have lots of money. You know, I'm just using this as a very random example, but it's certainly not anything that like I have a value for. Like I don't, I'm not that materialistic. So that's just like one example. And that would, that would rub on the relationship as we move further forward. I I know it would, because it's just not anything that I would get excited about. For example, I wouldn't want to go Louis Vuitton handbag shopping. Um, I just don't want to do that. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where it would affect um, that kind of value alignment. So, you know, that's just one kind of random example. Obviously, of course, that's a material and a financial value, but there's other things as well about how people take care of themselves, where they spend their time. So, for example, yeah, you know, I don't want to date somebody who spends all of their life at work. You know, I don't want to be with somebody who puts work first. And I have had that on a number of occasions in relationships, some serious, some not so serious, but it's come up quite a lot. So, you know, for me, that doesn't really align with my values because obviously I believe in balance. That's a big part of my business, balance, brilliance and resilience. So, you know, I want somebody to give time to other areas of their life, not just give time to me, but give time to themselves, their family, their hobbies. You know, and I think if somebody was consistently spending all their time in the work, that would grate on me. So, you know, sometimes we have to look at kind of, you know, where our values are also in the workplace. Now, of course, you know, values in the workplace are super important. And I do a lot of work. I have done a lot of work with past clients and I do work now on values and values are all linked to um, behaviors and obviously, you know, the overall 
business um, objective, which I'll come to in a minute because it gives you a nice little kind of structure for how you might want to do this for your own life. Um, But, you know, if you're looking for a job or you're working somewhere, you know, are their values aligned to yours? Now, I'll let you into a little secret. A lot of values that companies put in place probably don't come from actually doing the undercover deep dive work, which I'll get to in a minute. But to actually have accurate values in an organization, you need to do the audit. You need to understand exactly where we are and where we're going. What what is our, what is the reality and what's the aspiration? Because that, that creates your values. Um, there is absolutely zero point in saying a value is a value just because it sounds good and you think it's going to attract the right people. If you don't embody it, it's exactly the same in life. So, you know, you can't say on a dating app, yeah, one of my values is um, self-care. But then like eat junk food, never go to the gym, you know, have very bad hygiene. You know, it's just a complete misnomer. So, you know, it's a bit the same with workplaces. And sometimes, you know, you might see like that the values look great on paper and you might apply for a job and go and work for the company. And then in reality, the culture of that organization, the leadership of that organization are not fulfilling the values. And of course, any area in life, it starts from well, it doesn't start from the top, it can start from the bottom as well. But in an organisation, for example, you know, you have to lead from the front. So if you've got leaders, CEOs, for example, the C-suite, other senior directors, senior managers who are not embodying the values of that organisation, then all of a sudden, the values are no longer part of that organisation. They've been displaced in favour of stuff that doesn't actually aligned to where the business should be and what they've said they were so it's super important to understand that when you're looking for work and also you know that could be a reason why it suddenly doesn't feel right for you in that business anymore sometimes new changes are brought in and you know new people are brought in and you know at the senior level and it suddenly changes the culture of that business and the values just don't align anymore And then another key area is bringing up your children so I mentioned this before like if you actually have um children you will obviously create a blueprint for them and they will grow up with values that you have shared with them from your behaviors your actions from what they witness um you know epigenetics which is basically like changes in the genes based on the environment that's around them so it's within your power to create really great values that your children can embody. And then obviously as they grow up, they can then identify whether that works for them or not. But if you're living a value aligned life and those values are good values, good moral compass, then, you know, you're creating a good um, structure and system for your for your children. But what happens if we live outside of our values? So I was just explaining, it. obviously, values are super important for how you live your life, also relationships. But if we live outside of our values or we don't know what our values are or, you know, we're in an environment, maybe a toxic workplace, abusive relationship or, you know, we're going through some major turbulence in our life through no fault of our own. What does that do? Well, from a kind of a health and well-being perspective, it totally will dysregulate you. So it can dysregulate your nervous system. And it will dysregulate your um, mental and physical health. So it can create unexpected psychological issues. You know, it can change your confidence and your self-esteem. That's suddenly going to start to drop because you're not living a life that feels right for you. That can change your cognition, your ability to make decisions, your ability to move forward because you have no roadmap. Your roadmap has suddenly just been scrumpled up 
thrown away and you're not kind of, you don't know where you're going and it's very, very hard. And obviously that then will lead to other things, ultimately sickness, you know, fatigue, burnout. And some of, you know, some of what might be happening to you now might be traumatic. Some of the past of your life might have been trauma. And, you know, this can also kind of dysregulate our value system. So it's so important that, you know, we look at this as part of our key to well-being as well, because if we don't work with our values in mind, then how can we know where we're going and how can we have that blueprint for life? So as I said, I was just going to use this kind of synergy, if you like, with a business and how a business creates their values because it's a really nice little framework that you can use for creating your own and it helps decipher again our code of practice so what does everything mean to us as individuals as human beings so as i said when you think about values in a company they're created based on the company's core vision and mission so your vision your organization vision or your individual vision is about your end goal like what are you here to do and so you know i talked about maslow's hierarchy of needs and some of this is obviously going to come with self actualization and transcendence which is all around you know knowing what your purpose is And, you know, once you understand what your end goal is, you know, you have a vision for your life. So you can then create greater values because you know what your values, you know, what you need to have in place to be the vision that you hold for yourself. Your mission, this is how you're going to get there. So, you know, you have a vision, that's the goal for your life, and you have a mission, that's how you're going to achieve it. It's the same with an organization. A business knows what their end goal is, they know what they're here to do, and, you know, they know how they want to get there, how they're going to achieve it. Underneath that, a business will always have objectives. So they'll have, like, core goals. This will be possibly, like, a five-year plan. Um, And they will obviously revisit that on a regular basis. And then from the five year plan, they will probably most definitely set annual objectives. And so I fully believe that as individuals, we should do that for ourselves as well. We should always have at least a five year plan if we can. Sometimes it's impossible because of situations that we're going through, whether that be health, financial turbulence, um, I believe a five-year plan is enough at this moment in time. Yeah, I guess you. some of us have lofty long-term plans of, you know, you know, when I retire, I might want to do this, which I kind of always like shun that because I think whatever we want to do, we shouldn't wait till retirement. We should try and do it as close to now as possible. So that's why I think five-year goals are great because five-year goals give us something really tangible that we can work to. We don't want lofty long-term goals that are just going to be, you know, oh, I'll put it off because actually it's in 20 years time or it's 10 years time. It's like do for five years now. And then in five years time, recalibrate. Um, So, you know, you'll have this five year plan and then, you know, every year. So I always do this in December or January. Mostly I do it in January. I usually tend to do it either the week between um, Christmas and and the first of January. So New Year or I tend to do it um, the first week in January and I will literally write down um, you know, what do I want to achieve? And I'll look at the different areas of my life and I'll write down what I want to achieve. And if I'm being super on it, I will do quarterly goals. And then each quarter or throughout my year, I will make sure that I'm aligning to my goals. And of course, those goals should all be aligned to my values. So 
you know, your values, if you, let's just go back to the business analogy again. So I've done a lot of work with organizations that have created their values or redone their values, because as I said, organizations change. And a lot of what your values are aligned to in a business is the culture of your business. And it's also aligned to, you know, where you've come from, so your heritage and where you are going to, so your grand plans. And, you know, having that kind of, having those values in place, you know, allow you to be, you know, humble, aspirational and, you know, realistic. So it allows you to move forward. So for example, you know, some organisations might say, you know, I want a value of empowerment, but might not actually deliver that in an organization you know people might not be empowered so therefore you know it's quite an inaccurate value however some organizations may say yeah empowerment is a big value of ours and they will do everything they can in that business model to create empowerment for their employees and that's amazing you know but how do you do this you do this by doing some deep research and this is exactly what you need to do for yourself you do some deep research about where you've come from and where do you want to go so what's your aspirations but also you know doing some kind of gap analysis you know it's like if i want to be here as a business or if i want to be here as a person but I'm actually only here, what do I need to do to make that happen? So, you know, from a kind of like a values perspective, they're aspirational, but they're also, they also need to be a reality check. Um, so for example, you know, in life, let's just say one of your values was to, to be, um, to be healthy, but at the moment you weren't, you know, you, you were smoking, drinking, eating junk food, weren't going to the gym, you know, super unhealthy, it's it's kind of like that's a great value to have. It's aspirational though, so you need to be sure that if you're going to put that as a value in your life, that's a value change. You're going to redirect your life into a different direction. Yeah, and you know a lot of people do that, especially from a health perspective, because they've struggled health issues because of an unhealthy life. So they change their values, and that's great. And then some people have completely new values, and then for the rest of their entire life, they have this value of like health. And that's great. So again, it's about having this aspirational aspect to your values. Um, But, you know, again, as I said before, some of it's just lip service. You know, companies, individuals, they can say that's a value of theirs, but not actually embody it. And so it's super important that when you have values that you do embody them and that you actually make them happen. And, you know, again, just in terms of how this works in a business and how this kind of would work in life, you know, if we look at a business, it then has KPIs, SLAs, OKRs, you know, so that's for those that don't know those acronyms, key performance indicators, service level agreements and objectives and key results. And they are a bit like our boundaries and our standards and our goals, basically. And, you know, if we were to look at how we were going to live our life, that's kind of like an analogy of how it works in business. And that's how you keep a check on yourself and make sure things don't go outside the lines, you know, and that you've got this kind of code of conduct all, you know, all tied up and it's all working and everything is, you know, all the parts, all the moving parts are working in combination with each other, you know, so that would be a well-oiled business and also that would be a well-oiled human. So, you know, to have those things in place will allow you to have your road map and you know that's what every business needs to be a success so why is it any different for a a person it's not in fact it's more important for a person but a lot of people do not do it so you know it's so 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 important so 
you know, I've kind of done the sales piece there, I think, on why you need values. I really hope that, you know, you've got to this point now where you're like, God, yeah, you know, it's so important. It's so important. But I just wanted to leave you with a couple of additional things. In fact, actually, there's quite a bit here in my notes. So this might be a long one, but, you know, these are important, really. So, um, you know, as I said, values underpin how we live our lives. So I just wanted to use a few examples. And I'm obviously going to work with the model that I have, which is my business vital vibe, balance, brilliance and resilience. And so balance is about what what do we hold dear? It's like, where do we spend our time? So for example, you know, a value of yours, these are just some examples could be family time, you know, that is a value of mine, to be honest, recreation, you know, so a value of yours might be to have lots of free time, um, health, travel, volunteering or charity work, spending time with animals, spending time in nature. So, you know, that's just a couple of values that might be aligned to to your balance. Um, it also could be things as well like, um, you know, for example, uh, health, ambition, achievement, as well. And they might be linked to your balance, but they also could be linked to brilliance. So brilliance, again, you know, one of my areas of of value, like a big value for me is lifelong learning, self-directed learning. That's part of my brilliance, um, my brilliance values, because I've always, always self-directed my own study and my own learning. And, you know, I haven't stopped. I remember, you know, my very early years, um, I know that my mum hadn't been married at this point, so I must have been under 11 years old. And we went to the library back in the day when you could take library books out because there was no internet. So sorry, you got my doorbell this time. Last week it was my post and you got my doorbell. The greatest will in the world, I was trying to create quietness and then somebody rang the doorbell. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, you know, I went to the library and I got these books out and it was so random because I got a book out on Rosh Hashanah, which is like the Jewish New Year. And I'm not Jewish. And, you know, I was brought up as a Roman Catholic. Um, I don't practice religion anymore, but that's how I was brought up. And I also took out a book by Arthur C. Clarke on Supernatural. And I remember my mum saying to me, why in heaven's name have you got those books? I mean, because they were so random. I mean, they were like polar opposites. Yeah, one was paranormal and one was like some other religion. And I just said to my mummy, I'm just interested. I want to know. I want to know. I just found them interesting and I must have been under 11 years old. So that's kind of an example of me and my lifelong learning and my passion and zest for just knowing about everything that, that exists in the world that obviously gets me um, excited and interested. And I've always had an interest in in, in spirituality, um, not really paranormal, but I just like to know things that sometimes we don't understand. So that's that's probably where that came from. But, you know, like brilliance is also going to be things like, you know, equality, being happy in your own skin, creativity and artistic expression, um, you know, freedom, being an individual. You know, also it might be your how you care for the environment. And, you know, that that doesn't, you know, these examples of values they're not all just like sitting in a box of either balance brilliance or resilience you know they could sit anywhere or even outside of those three areas but you know being eco-friendly um you know is 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 a huge value to have in this day and age and 
um you know it's again it's 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 very much what organizations that are kind of you know some of them are doing it from a kind of a greenwashing perspective but some of them genuinely mean it but you know this this kind of like ethical stance towards a business and again obviously you know for most human beings in this day and age we do have awareness and concern about the environment at large and locally as well so you know that's a big part of our values as well and then you know from a balance balance resilience perspective you know a, a big thing again might be you know having like clarity and transparency on mental health you know I'm so comfortable to talk about this I haven't always been but obviously as I've moved into sort of this line of work and obviously through all of my years spent in HR um and since I was diagnosed with ADHD and after having cancer, you know, I've kind of realized that, you know what, I'm just going to be very open about all of this. Like, I don't want to hide any of like who I am. And I also think in this, especially since COVID pandemic, I think it's really important that we accept that, you know, some days we have good days and some days we have bad days and that we don't want always like toxic um, positivity because you know it's okay to not be okay and I think that's really important so that's a massive massive value of mine like resilience is about understanding that it's okay to not be okay we can't be up all the time so you know that's a huge part um but you know it's kind of like I've just given you some examples there and oh there's so many lists of, of values out there you know you can google online like lists of values and you'll be able to find something I, I'm pretty sure but you know um that will help you with a little bit more of, of sort of curating if you like your own um values list but you know if you if you are struggling to to work out what your values are some of the things you might want to consider that will really highlight where your values what your values are what what your values where they you know what sits highest in your life what is your moral compass what is your roadmap you know massive amount of um kind of um belief to come from understanding where you spend your resources so you know if you spend your resources in this area then believe that this is important to you okay so where do you spend your money you know where do you spend the highest value you know so what would you prioritize um versus um deprioritizing and also where do you spend the highest amount so i can tell you for now because i'm i'm you know very organized and i know, i do keep you know, budget trackers, and I know where I spend all my money, which not everybody does, but I love to do it because I feel um, much more happier in my life being in um, financial control rather than financial disarray. So yeah, I guess that's also an actual value of mine. I already mentioned earlier on, like I love finding bargains, like, you know, I love getting great quality for the lower price if I can, but I will spend money where it counts. So, you know, I will tell you where I spent the most amount of money in my entire life is my home, travel and myself so I've invested in a monumental amount of money into myself more than probably the average person from a personal development and a growth perspective and that's from like intellect and also kind of yeah wellness mental health physical health as well so I've invested a lot of money there where do I spend the highest amount so for example you know like if I'm buying supplements I will buy high grade supplements like I won't um, flinch at spending more money on a decent supplement because I know that if I buy a low level supplement a low grade supplement that I'm not going to get the benefit from it so I'm just probably burning my money um, you know also kind types of food as well in terms of like organic I don't buy organic as often as I'd like to because it is more expensive but you know if I'm perhaps going through a very 
cleansing um detox of my body where I'm not really clean not detoxing in terms of cutting foods out but I'm perhaps you know going through a sugar detox or something like that then obviously you know I'd spend a lot of money on um you know decent grass-fed or organic um products for example so you know that's a really good way where do you spend your money as I said before you know I never buy designer goods I I have I do have you know that once in a blue moon but it's generally because it was beautiful rather than the fact that it had a designer name on it um where do you spend your time so, you know, for me, like, I love to read, I love to learn. I've already explained that already. I love to help others. I love to work on myself. So they're, they're all, like, clear values of mine, you know. Again, this self-directed learning, this kind of, like, community, this kind of being of service and personal growth and self-mastery. So they're, like, huge values. And, again, you know, going back to what I was saying before about partners, you know, like, if you are looking for a partner and you don't know what your values are, how can you see whether their values meet yours? So, you know, if I'm somebody who loves lifelong learning and personal growth and I end up meeting somebody on a dating app and find out sort of six weeks down the line that he's a couch potato, he doesn't read, um, he's a gamer. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but that doesn't align to my values. So we just wouldn't work out. So that's kind of how you need to consider it. And energy. So energy is kind of different to time because energy is like where you put the emphasis, right? So for me, like a big part of my energy um, allowance is relationships, self-care, personal development and growth. So self-care obviously encompasses everything like my health, my fitness, my mental well-being, my physical well-being, um, you know, and obviously with these being a value of mine, I'm also very aware of as I said, um, how I spend my time and money, because this is where I put my energy. So, you know, time, money and energy. If you look at where do you, where, what gets most of that, those three things, then that will give you a definite clear indicator on your life's values. Another really good way to try and understand like your values is like consider what did you do as a child? So this is also great because I've not mentioned it already. But if I was doing this piece of work on myself, like I would say, okay, well, as a child, I was doing so much creative stuff. Like I was singing. I played musical instruments. I was in writing classes. I played uh, yeah, musical instruments. I was in acting. I also was a runner, which obviously ties into some of the stuff I do now. But the creative thing sort of is something that's a bit more abundant as a child because we're allowed to play. Whereas as we become adults, we move away from this play and it's a lot of work. And when we do play, it might be more like, you know, going out, having a drink, having food. You know, it's not the same kind of play. So, you know, sort of what did you do as a child? That's a if and if that makes you feel joy when you think back to that yeah then that's a value of yours that you're not currently living and you need to bring that back in so think about that and then another good one um if money and time were no object what would you do what would you do so you know that's a bit of blue sky thinking but you know that will probably give you some indications to what your values are and then this one, I love this one. And I, I've actually heard this on another podcast of a guy that I followed for years um, called Dr. Jade Tater, Next Level Human. So please do look that podcast up if you want another dose of, um, you know, somebody who's going to help you with self-mastery and living your best life. Um, 
but I he did an episode on this actually and um it, it just really resonates because this is about your tattoos so in this day and age a lot of people will have tattoos as an extension of themselves you know I believe it's part of the artwork it's the tapestry of who we are and you know they're much more widely accepted now which is great because you know they are art and they do relate to who you are so you would look at your tattoos and say well what do they mean because by and large most people get tattoos not because they like them although I remember a girl I used to work with years and years ago and she did have a tattoo of Puddy Cat from um the Sylvester <laughs> you know the um the sorry not Puddy Cat Tweety Bird that's it Tweety Pie and yeah I, I was always like wow why <laughs> but you know that's her choice but my tattoos have all got meaning so you know uh they're all small but they relate to resilience travel love transformation reinvention and family so you know they're huge values of mine so again think about your tattoos and if you haven't got one what would you have think about your best tattoo what would you want it to look like what would you want it to embody and to demonstrate um But sometimes when you're trying to understand what your values are, this can be hard because, you know, you've got fear from the past or fear from the current. So, you know, it could be trauma that you've not visited or you've not resolved. It could be a current toxic, um, abusive situation that you're in or health matter. You know, so sometimes fear stops us doing this work, but it's really important to try and, you know, lean into that feeling and deal with the fear, face the fear and just do the work. Um, Because this will help you move away from the fear state and into a more calmer, empowered state of positive being. But another reason that might stop people doing this work as well is not just fear, but actually a lack of self-awareness. You know, I do unfortunately see a lot of people in this world, in the workplace, obviously because of the work that I've done, even some senior leaders who have no self-awareness. And it's, it's sad, really, because... You know, on the opposite, I've always been told by most people, wow, you've got such a high level of self-awareness. And I think I have because I've just spent so much time trying to understand everything about me and who I am. And, um, you know, that's not for everybody, but it's nice to somewhere be in the middle, you know, to like have some level of awareness, you know, and and kind of be be know what your weak points are and, um, you know, know what your kinds of what your strengths are Um because that allows you to then look at your values as well. Um, So, you know, it's like when we actually know what our values are, it allows us to sort of stand up for ourselves and live those values. So it really is important. So, you know, how do we live the values? So obviously we embody them. So as I said before, you know, make sure that we link all of this to sort of like our boundaries and our standards and everything that we do should be aligned to our values. So our actions, our behaviors. And, you know, if it doesn't align to our values, so if it's something we are doing and it doesn't feel right, then, you know, know why and call yourself out on that. It doesn't feel right because it's not aligned to your values and stand up for yourself, you know. Also check in on yourself, you know, so when we're having moments where we feel absolutely amazing, we're having moments of joy and feeling like life is so damn good, have a look at that, you know, journal it, like why does it feel so good? It's it's mostly because it's aligned to our values. So I know that my most important moment, memorable, 
kind of savoring moments in my entire life are, you know, when I'm with my family laughing, having experiences and when I'm traveling or, you know, very simple when I'm in the gym or doing some level of fitness, like I love running. It's great for feeling, you know, euphoric. And also with my animals, I say animals, I only have one, but, you know, collectively we have animals. Um, So, you know, think about that as well. Um, But again, you know, on the opposite, check in on yourself when you're in despair, identify why, why do you feel awful? Why is everything so sad? And it's usually because your life isn't in alignment with your values. And, you know, sometimes it can be hard to move it back on track. But once you know where you out of alignment, then you've got a little bit of opportunity to do something about it. If you don't know, and you haven't done the work, then how can you possibly, you know, turn your life back around? So, you know, ways to do this through remedial activity, you know, is creating boundaries, is working on your confidence and your assertiveness, you know, so that you can stand in your power. And none of this will come easy at all times in your life. And times will be tough, times will be hard, but it's about knowing that it's in your power to do this. But talking about having things in your power, you know, a wider piece of work that you can do is actually ask for help. Because we're not all built to do everything on our own. And, you know, um, sorry, none of us are built to do everything on our own. But sometimes we can do things on our own. But, you know, not at all times. So, you know, the whole point of asking for help is to get help. And so where we feel that, like, life is in alignment with our values, you know, and we can't sort it out ourselves and ask for help, you know, this might be, so this would be like third party intervention. It could be asking your family, it could be asking your friends, but equally, it's like having therapy or seeking out a coach or, you know, having some support from a third party. So for example, you know, let's just say one of your values is financial stability, but your life is currently in financial disarray, then it's important to reach out to people that can help. That might be your bank manager, it might be an independent financial advisor that will do a free session with you. It might be um, a charity who help people who are going through financial disarray. In the UK, we have a thing called Citizens Advice Bureau, you know, you could just have a look on there or Google it, but don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, if your life isn't isn't being lived in alignment to your values, you need to get back on track. And sometimes we need a helping hand to get us there. And as I said, you know, the values are all about this roadmap. And, you know, if we're off the roadmap, if we've headed somewhere into the wilderness, we need to get back on track so that we can live this more fulfilled life. So on a final note, because this was quite a long one, but it's so, so, so important. Um, I I am also qualified in acceptance and commitment therapy. And that is an amazing um, tool for coaches and therapists to help people live a more values aligned life. And what this does is it allows you to accept your situation, accept your past, accept maybe a problem that you're facing that you can't do that much about, not accept it as in like give up, but just, you know, lean into it and feel okay with that discomfort. So be a bit more mindful around that. But then try to create this life that's aligned to your values. So start values aligned living. Do what is ever in your power to live them and ask for help. Because when you start living a values aligned life, what actually happens is some of the stuff some of the stuff that you're having to accept because it doesn't feel good, it feels icky and yucky. Once you start living in alignment with your values, some of that stuff disappears. It might not go completely. So for example, let's just say like the actual creator of, of, of acceptance and commitment therapy created it because he was having totally 
um, destabilizing anxiety attacks. And he tried everything that he could to to get rid of those. And he really struggled. And he created acceptance and commitment therapy to allow himself to accept that part of him, but actually move his life to a level that was more value aligned. And by doing so, it changed his focus on his life. He was no longer focused on, I am a person with anxiety. He was focused on, I am a person with these values. And so they sort of, you know, superseded his his issue. And therefore, you know, he accepted what that was and he committed to living a values aligned life. So it's so, so, so important to have this value aligned life for having agency and owning yourself because it's only then that you can actually live your best life and that is going back to visions and missions that is my vision my vision for vital vibe for my business is that everybody has a shot at living their best lives and that is a cliche term but what I mean is really living your best life getting to the end of your life and saying damn I did that life well I bloody well did that life good and that's all we can ever hope for you know. So on that note, I want you to go out today and start working with your values in mind. I want you to think about if I could live my best life, if I was living my best life, what would it look like? What do I need? And start embodying that. Start embodying it. So as always, if you love this, please share it, please download it. And also please subscribe because you'll get notified into all the next Um, episodes and also please do look back and see if any of the past episodes resonate with you as well there is no structure you can dip in and dip out I will refer to episodes if they're relevant to the episode I'm talking about but otherwise just take it at your leisure they're all less than an hour so easy to do during the gym on a walk in your commute so I will love you and leave you I hope you've got something out of today's session I'm sending you so much love take care And yeah, have the best week. All right, guys. Bye.